0: Hey guys, welcome back to of purpose podcast. This is episode 23. I'm your host Tanner and I'm joined by What's up? It's Duncan. What's up? It's Nathan and we got Nathan today giving us the quote All right So the quote says wealth consists not in having great possessions,
1: but having few wants uh, This is a quote by Epictetus, who is an ancient Greek philosopher Not a whole lot of people know a lot about him So I'm not really gonna talk on you know the context of what he's saying, but um I'd say I mean like it's pretty pretty straightforward but it's also got a lot of things you can take from it as uh don't focus on the material focus more on the experiences and you know your aspirations as opposed to just the things that you want out of this life in a you want a big house no you should want you know to have spacious amount of room for your family like that would be the better way to look at it i mean like you know <laughs> you could say it in a way like that but you could also Uh, focus more on i want to be able to do this this and this not i want to have this this and this what do you guys think
0: yeah uh i think that's good i will admit and most people will admit i am a greedy person (laughs) i like money i like shiny things um and that does improve my life sometimes but the main the main plot of my life the climax is not about how many shiny things i have it's about me fulfilling my goals that's a better way to think about it
2: yeah i think that also there's just some nice layers that you can pull back here because I hear, you know, not having a lot of wants is kind of this key to happiness. And to me that, that sounds like satisfaction. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have everything that you want, but you're satisfied with your place in life. And there's not a whole lot that you are yearning for outside of that. And I kind of think about that in like a relationship sense and the people that you are most happy with, you can share a comfortable silence with. And, you know, when you talk, generally you talk because you want something. You don't just talk just to talk. That's not generally how humans work. You know, you're you're having a conversation already, gain something. But the people that you can be happiest with are the people that you can share this comfortable and deep silence with, you know. And I think that that kind of brings back everything else. But, um, yeah, I think that it's very interesting that he does say it. the, the key to happiness is just not having a lot of wants in your life
1: yeah um let's talk about it in terms of like modern movements like there's minimalism right minimalism t- in a way kind of capitalizes specifically on this but minimalism in a lot of ways doesn't capitalize on it for the right reasons it's more of like i don't want to have things because i don't want to have things <laughs> like <they're> like <laughs> i keep not a lot of things in my house because then there's not a lot of things to clean (laughs) i have i don't have to move a couch if i don't have a couch so i can clean the floor easier or stuff like that and it needs to be more for you know you don't have to limit the amount of things you have just don't make that your goal don't focus on well if i do this i get this and insert material thing it's if i go to this place i get this experience which makes my life better in this way or if i do this activity i will feel better this day and i'll feel better tomorrow and everything will trickle down and i will have a better week better month better year and i will get my goals complete my aspiration i will find my purpose (laughs) you know i will all these things and you'll just your life will be more succinct and more open to allow you to be the person that you want to be the person you want yourself to be tomorrow and the person you want to grow into in the future.
2: And there's something to be said there about kind of that whole minimalist mentality. You know, I don't think it's necessarily healthy to remove all temptation from your life, you know, like, and that's kind of what that, that philosophy is. It is. It's like, here's something bad about human nature. We covet things. And so the way that you fix that is you make it impossible for you to covet things ever by making sure that you don't have anything to covet, which is not a good idea because the thing is, is once you get something in your life that you can covet again, you have no clue how to deal with that. And so I think that it's much more important that we kind of figure out how to learn either to identify that we're coveting something or that we want something and learn how to fix that or learn how to deal with it and live with it. You know? And I think that, um, that line of logic and reasoning is going to be a lot more beneficial because i see a lot of minimalists who especially kind of start like later on in their life and then they have like 5 or 6 years where they're doing great and then it just they they hit a wall because they saw something you know the google pixel 6 came out or the iphone like whatever came out and they're like oh my god that thing's beautiful you know
0: yeah um back to what was nathan was talking about like experiences over you know valuing all the uh, shiny objects a new iPad you could have. We're not saying not to go out and make that bank all right? <laughs> because no matter what mama told you money Does buy happiness lots of the times and I won't say that always but you know it can buy your plane ticket to the place You want to go <laughs> it can uh pay for your gym membership It can buy flowers for that girl. You want to talk to you know, it doesn't it's
2: not a direct correlation
0: But it does set you up for success
2: Yeah. I had a research project on this, um, in my what junior year for a seminar. And it was actually very interesting because basically what was found was as long as you were making about, uh, I think it was six or $7,000 above whatever was considered the living wage for the area money Mm -hmm. did not really correlate to happiness at all. You know, you basically had to be able to live a comfortable life on the income that you had. However, One of the biggest things that affected your happiness was kind of where you spent that money. And so you wanted your quality of life to be, you know, high-ish. So like have a phone, have a car, have a house, have running water and that type of stuff. But it didn't necessarily matter that much about how big the house was unless you had a lot of kids or something like that. But the bigger thing that mattered when it came to spending money on stuff was the events. Because you remember events a lot more vividly than just having a phone because the phone doesn't really do a whole lot for you, but like that concert ticket that you have or that date that you went on, the amusement park that you, you went to go see, you know, that that creates memories and bonding experiences with people. And that's kind of how happiness seems to be um, brought about. And it also like charity that also kind of creates this happiness. None of that is from possession of objects. You know, you're almost giving up some money to go have this intangible thing that ends up making you happier. You
0: just described the plot. Have you seen this, the Expedia, like, travel agency commercial? <laughs> As Ewan yeah. McGregor walking through, and he's like, do you think you'll regret the things that you didn't buy in life or the places you didn't go? And he, like, walks out from, like, a like a studio and it has, like, a big Bitcoin in the background. Yeah. He walks out onto a beach. That's good, good music.
2: I haven't yeah. seen it, but they have a point. It, it was
0: a Super Bowl commercial. I think it was a Super Bowl commercial. But exactly. Like, are you going to regret the, the, the new car you didn't buy? Are you going to regret that you never saw the grand Canyon? Yeah. You know?
1: Well, in a way we, as humans like a good narrative, like, I mean, your life is a story and you're going to tell the plot. Well, you're going to tell your story to other people. When people ask who you are, who you were, you have thoughts and ideas about certain places, experiences, Mm -hmm. and things that you have lived through. And so, I'm going to tell you right now, if I picked up a book and it was a story about Joe and Joe works 40, 50 hours a week and then goes home and goes to bed and doesn't do anything except go to Florida once a year on vacation, I'm going to tell you what, that's going to be a really shitty book and it's going to suck or a movie with the same plot. Make your life interesting. Do something, (laughs) make like do something unique, you know, learn a skill, go to the gym, be athletic, be the best form of yourself that you can be to create like the most interesting. Cause like, think about your grandparents. Like, if you've got a grandparent who's old and has done a lot of things through their life, it's interesting to talk to other people about what your grandparents have done or listen to their stories, right? They wouldn't have those stories if they didn't do shit during yeah. their life, right? So do it for yourself, do it for the people you will meet, do it for, there's a lot of reasons to do it and your quality of life will just be better.
2: Yeah. And don't feel like you have to go and like search for these experiences 24 seven. You know, <laughs> I just got back from a five day trip in the mountains with one of my friends and I'm not going to lie. It was exhausting. Yeah. You know, you're ready to come back home. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, let's hear. So Saturday to Wednesday was the trip. And then we didn't have school until today. Yep. So Monday. So that was what? Wednesday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I had four days to recover. And I wasn't recovered until like Sunday morning when I woke up, you know, cause I was just exhausted, but it was a great experience. We had some great food. The weather was mostly good. And when it was bad, you know, we got stories now and there was some like great experiences up there, but I wouldn't trade that in for the world. However, I wouldn't want to go do that tomorrow. Right. You know, I want some breaks. Like I have five or six concerts lined up but they basically come like once a month. Um, And so I think that that's a good uh, thing to keep in mind is just don't go searching for all of these experiences all the time, because not only will you just get exhausted, but the value of those experiences will also kind of fall because, you know, laws of scarcity. You can have too much of a good thing. Yeah. And,
0: you know, going to, like, like you said, like any vacation you've been on, you know, towards the end or last day, you're usually like, yeah, I'm ready to come home and relax and have my brain not be so overstimulated all the time. But the the main thing you're getting at is, you know, if you want to be a monk and go live in a monastery and like, you know, do what some people consider boring, you know, that's fine. But to the average person, I think traveling is just one of those universal things that I think everyone can appreciate. And It just creating memories in that way but if traveling is not your thing just like Duncan said going to a concert or just camping in your backyard just those unique things will create memories that I think all of us and any listener can relate to you have memories that are more valuable than any object you own and you know when you go to the grave yeah They'll distribute your things among your children if you have any, but I think the memory of you and the memories that you pass on and the stories you share will really define your legacy. Yeah.
2: Uh, Well, like you know, one of my personal goals in life is not—I don't care about what my children get when I die, (laughs) but I want to fill the (laughs) fucking church, you know. Like, and I, like, 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 and I think that that's kind of going along with this is like, if you didn't impact other people in your life, no one's going to show up when you die. Yeah. You know, but. I, and your, your children will, cause they want your shit, but
0: <laughs> I <laughs> but think it's a little more emotional than that, Duncan,
2: <laughs> but no one else is going to show up. Like, but if you, if you go out and you live a full life and you go and impact a lot of other people, you're going to pack a church, yeah. you know? And then I don't like, yeah, you'll be dead for it, but I think that that's very important and cool. And maybe like, that's going to impact a lot of other people too. Yeah. Um. I think another thing is, like, if we take
1: the quote in context of when it was written, you know? There were not smartphones when this quote <laughs> <laughs> When this quote dropped, there wasn't the new iPhone. There wasn't the
0: new iPad, <laughs> when this <broke>. quote dropped. <laughs> I know. <You laughs> it's know, like the was, new Donda album. I
2: know. This uh, quote like, dropped on the <laughs> iStone Air. Bro, did you hear the new quote
1: that dropped last week? <laughs> yeah. No, but, like.
2: I found it on the abacus.
1: <laughs> 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 no, but, like. There weren't cars, right? So, to an extent, Epictetus couldn't have predicted a world where being covetous was literally entwined with the nature of work that we mm-hmm. shuffle off. Like ninety percent of hustle culture is because you want the new car, because you want the mansion, right? It's it's not be- because you're going to be able to buy the place that your family can grow up in, and you can provide good, good quality space for your children, yourself, for your mind you know and for who you want to become and you know hustle culture is great but it's also you know it it it's over pushed sometimes and especially on college kids <laughs> right it's like you had fun this weekend like i know the amount of times that i see a tiktok or an instagram reel that's like yeah bro i skipped the party because i wanted to go work 90 more hours this week <laughs> and so and guess who's going to be the boss tomorrow i was like mm. No, yeah. you'll work middle management because, you know, you, you don't have any creative ideas. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, the thing is, is you don't want, when someone asks you, what have you done for the past three months that you're really proud of working on? And your answer be, uh, I went to my nine, and f- nine to five and put everything in the savings. Yeah. Did you not read anything? Do you, not, do you not listen to some interesting podcast? Do you not learn anything new? Like, what do you do outside of those eight hours of your day? Yeah. What do you do outside of that and sleep?
0: Yeah. You can add value to your bank account.
1: Yeah. Or you can add value to your life. Or you can do both. Yeah, which is the they're great they're part.
2: Because, like, think about an interview, right? The I, People, I feel like, don't really understand just how pedantic some of these questions can be in an interview, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there'll be questions sometimes that are like, hey how many balls can you fit in this room? Right. And, and it's, Enough. they they don't give two shits about the answer. What they care about is the process. What mm-hmm. they care about is, you know, you explaining all, all these things and they probably will ask you a question. So I'm like, what was your greatest achievement in life so far? Or like what was an eventful thing that happened to you in the past three months? And they don't care what the event was. They care that you have something. Yeah. You know, because what they want is they want to see you're a motivated worker. And if they don't see that you're a motivated worker or you have outside motivation, then that kind of means you're unreliable. Because if you can't figure out what's propelling you forward in life, then there's really no guarantee that you're going to keep working or being productive.
1: Mm-hmm. And definitely like, like in my case, being software engineering, one of the biggest things they ask you is what projects have you worked on? that aren't because you had to do them for school or you had to do them for another job. What do you do as a hobby for this specific thing? And some people answer, you know, you know, here's a couple projects. There's some people that sweat so hard and just, you (laughs) know, their LinkedIn is nine page and their, their GitHub, they've got 900 programs on there. But I mean, it's not that it's like, what hobbies do you have that propel you forward? You know, what aspirations do you have that propel you forward? It shouldn't be the material, the, the, you know, I want to have this car. Why? It's just a vehicle to take you places, right? Like if you, if you break down the material to the essence of what it's for, realistically, you're still going to end up with this tool does this job for me. Well, what job does experience do? It makes you use your tools effectively 90% of the time. It makes you because with experience, you can learn how to use something better, learn how to use something in a different way, uh, or just affect your mood. And people underrate mood all the time. Like, if I wake up and I'm feeling productive, a lot of times that day is going to be kick ass. I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to work on a hobby. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat good food. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy my day, right? And that doesn't mean every day has to be great, but a lot of times when you have good, good, good days and really, really shitty days, your average day will in general just start shifting upwards. Yeah. Your your average day will just be better because in that way, you're also working on self-discipline. So that's useful.
2: And like with the car thing, right? If your car is your motivation, if you want the new car, the issue with that is, that's based on interest and your interest will fall off. You know, you will maybe have, let's say you work a job for a year, a a year is probably the max amount of time that you're going to want to spend investing on this car, you know, but if you have a connection, let's say a person, you know, whether it be a grandmother, a mom, dad, a significant other, a sibling or, or kids, you know, you working for them. That's not that commitment's not changing in a year. You know, it's not changing easily in a year. There's nothing that's going to stop you from wanting to provide for that person. And that's a lot different from that car. You know, and those relationships are fostered by experiences and by connections that happen outside of work. Because you're not going to connect with those people by working that nine to five and sleeping. And, you know, you got to do something else.
0: If you're struggling to find new experiences, you definitely just have to go out into the world with an open mind. Because I think definitely coming to college uh, myself and I think tons of other students, if not all of them, have really opened their mind to new experiences and new ideas. And I think that really opens the door for a lot of opportunities, whether it be clubs or different events that your classmates or peers can invite you to or you're just going to like a new event, like a basketball game, if you've never been before. Just new experiences to create those memories and really enrich your life.
1: Well, I mean, it also tells you what you like which don't like yeah. what you like about certain things, what you don't like about certain things. Like I know there are people that love working on computers, but there are people that like working on a computer because it's simple and this, they can take it anywhere with them. Not because they want to work on program and build code and do this, this, and this. Well, that's all part of owning a computer to an extent. It's just, you don't want to do that other part. Right. And you learn that through experience. I know there's a lot of kids like they're really trying to push and they've been trying to push this for about the past 10 years and probably more is getting kids into coding getting kids into computer science because you know traditional schooling system doesn't want there's not a lot of room in the traditional schooling system for a computer-based uh program class right learning how to
2: do a trade is seen as yeah, lesser next level. To an extent. It's next level education. It's yeah not...
1: it's all like oh you'll learn that when you get there. Yeah. Right. Well, a, there's a lot of kids that just see it as wow. Like the amount of people that I talk to that are like you're in computer science? That I couldn't <laughs> do that. I'm like dude, you have no idea how like like it's pretty easy. Yeah. Like if you've got the right mindset about it, and a lot more people are like they got this quote unquote math brain than they think they just don't have the theoretical uh integrals and derivatives, yeah. calculus math brain, they've got the functional engineering computer science you know you know brain to pay brain to physical object type of math, you know you understand something because it's before your eyes, and you know that that really needs to be presented more, but that's something that I work on. And I don't just work on it because it's my hobby and I want to have that, but especially being in college, a lot of times you pick the job that you want based on the job you want to work, not because you want to, I don't know, get the things that that job's provide, And I know there's a lot of people that do pick their job based on, you know, I want to have enough money to go and do my hobbies and and that's fine for a lot of people, especially if what you, what you want to do doesn't make any money and it, you know, it really just works in your favor. Yeah. To be able to get those experiences better through something like that.
0: I definitely think that if you can build a Lego set, you can code.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah. Well, like my engineering degree, we're gonna have to learn to code in like three different languages just as a kind of a byproduct of, mm-hmm. of doing our work. Like right now we're working on VBA and Excel. And like it's not hard. You it's not about the complexity of the code. It's just it's more about knowing. That it can be done. Yeah. Which surprisingly is a really good analogy for life. Like a lot of things aren't hard to do. You know, it's not hard to go camping. It's not hard to start a fire. It's not hard to like set up a tent. You just got to know it can be done, you know? And then once you know it can be done, even if you're inexperienced, the longest it's going to take you is about 30 minutes, but you're going to be able to do it. You know, it, it might be a bit of a struggle, but you can do it. And then, you know, you'll probably feel pretty accomplished because a lot of people in this world, especially like they just don't know how they just give up.
1: We try, we try to give you guys something to go out on every single week and wrapping this episode up. I want to say work on those hobbies, the, those material wants, we're not saying you have to get experience as in experience go get a plane, go get on a plane ticket and go somewhere else because where you're at right now is not good enough to get experience from. But work on those hobbies, work on building the person you want to be tomorrow. Work on uh doing doing what you do, not for what you will get, but for who you will become. And uh, I'm Nathan and signing off and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Goodbye. See you.